Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 1, Podcast 14 in the series of A New Voice of Freedom. Podcast 14 is entitled, The Wrath of God. Some have trouble with the term, the wrath of God, because they do not understand the necessity of absolute justice. Imagine a world without justice, a world in which everyone may do anything they want and get away with it. No consequences, no penalties, no accountability. No culpability, liability, or responsibility. On the one hand, lying, stealing, cheating, murdering would go unpunished. And on the other hand, honesty, service, sacrifice, and charity would go unrewarded. All would be one. Imagine a world such as that, and you can imagine hell. Christ atoned for our sins, thus paying the price and satisfying the law of justice. However, We must accept His grace of our own free will and prove our acceptance by obeying the conditions of grace, which are to keep the commandments of God. Grace is free, but it isn't mandatory, neither is it unconditional. Where we do not meet the conditions of the law of mercy, justice requires us to pay for our own sins. God does not want to punish anyone. That is why we have the most beautiful scripture ever written. John 3, 16-17 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The wrath of God is the justice of God. John continues. John 3, 18-21 He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Those who willfully violate the commandments of God will, in the hereafter, if unrepentant, be held accountable for all their sins, and justice will awaken their conscience to an acute knowledge of all their guilt. Whereas those who worship God and endure to the end will be rewarded for their works. James 1.12 Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. It is logical to assume that hell, regardless of the language used to describe it, will be a place where one experiences all the consequences of his or her actions, down to the finest detail. On earth, even a serial killer may, through bribes and corruption and crafty lawyers, pervert the law and bypass justice. Even when punished, the murderer has but one short life to pay for his many crimes, while the victims and their families suffer for generations. 
That kind of erratic justice is temporary, and the punishment meted out by man cannot atone for another person's crimes. It can only protect the innocent from a repetition of crimes by executing or incarcerating the criminal for his murders. Earthly punishment enforced by law does not provide a pass in the next world, where a new and exacting trial will be held. In hell, a serial killer has won immortal life, and he will be required to face the full consequences of all his earthly actions and the consequences that follow from his actions down to the utmost end. It is what Christ is referring to when he says, speaking of hell, Matthew 5:26 Verily I say unto thee thou shalt by no means come out thence till thou hast paid the uttermost farthing In hell there is no plea bargaining no concurrent sentence no wrangling or compromise every sin must be accounted for individually every murder every theft every lie and so on the precise law of justice demands it On the one hand, it is the law of justice by which all things are created, sustained, preserved, protected, and perfected. On the other hand, it is the law of justice that demands full restitution for good for good and evil for evil. It cannot be any other way, and justice retain meaning. For agency to exist, we must have opposition. God and Satan, for example, justice and mercy, heaven and hell, good and evil, order and disorder. Heaven is attributed to the love of God. Hell is attributed to the wrath of God. The wrath of God is the consequences of broken laws demanded by the law of justice. God cannot be imperfect and remain God. Our salvation lies in the mercy of Christ, but our safety lies in the justice of God. The law of justice means that no evil thing can enter into the kingdom of heaven or be in the presence of God. Because of justice, God is an unchangeable God. He cannot lie. The entire purpose of the law of mercy is to satisfy the law of justice for those who obey the laws of Christ. The law of mercy purifies us and cleanses us from all sins that we may tolerate the presence of God. What would it be like to stand in the presence of God with an acute sense of our own guilt? Hell would be a paradise. That is why Isaiah said, Isaiah 1, 16-20 Wash you, make you clean, Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now, and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. The wrath of God is reserved only for those who willfully choose to live outside of law. All others can be saved, the Apostle John tells us. Revelation 21, 6-8 And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars 
shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Everyone who suffers the wrath of God chooses to by willfully disregarding the easy conditions of the law of mercy. God is both just and merciful. God is just or he would cease to be God. God is merciful because of the atoning sacrifice of his beloved son, Jesus Christ, who died for the sins of the world and thus satisfied the law of justice for those who call upon him. The wrath of God protects the innocent and condemns the guilty. God lives in a world of absolutes. The blessings of God come about by obedience to the laws of God through repentance and constant striving, however imperfect, to keep the commandments of God. The wrath of God is simply the consequences of willful disobedience to law. In no other way can agency be preserved. Everything revolves around the law of agency. God cannot interfere with agency even when man chooses evil. Consider the sad story of David, the greatest king of all. To understand God, one must understand the paradox of justice and mercy. Man's existence requires the law of justice. Man's life, liberty, happiness, and salvation require the law of mercy. In the scriptures, God appears to have two voices. One thunders from Mount Sinai. The other whispers from the Mount of Olives. It is the same God, so why does he speak with two voices? The answer is because God is a God of justice and a God of mercy. When he speaks with thunder, he is speaking as the God of justice. When he whispers in a still small voice, he is speaking as the God of mercy. Some cannot hear the whisper. They can only hear the thunder. Better the thunder and lightning now than the lake of fire hereafter. Justice cannot be compromised, or all creation would crumble. Those who would deny the justice of God would deny the power of God. God cannot be unjust and still be God. Because of agency, if we do not call upon the mercy of Christ, we will have to answer to the justice of the law ourselves. The scriptures often appear harsh because God wants us to understand that justice cannot be compromised, that perdition is real, and that if we do not call upon Christ, we must suffer for our own sins. Only in the harshest language can hell be described. The mercy of Christ cannot help us if we do not ask for it, or it would violate our agency. God speaks with a strong voice of warning because he does not want us to suffer as he did. Everyone in this life suffers. Some suffer in such an excruciating manner that they quit fighting and give over to despair. However, no one in this life can know the depths of hell as our Savior felt the depths of hell. It made the Son of God tremble, bleed at every pore, and pray that the Father would remove the cup if possible. Just as the cup of suffering was not removed from Christ, Sometimes we must face the fact that the cup of suffering cannot be removed from us. Not all tragedies are healed in this life, but all sorrow will end. And if we endure it well, pure joy will fill eternity. That is the gift of the atonement of Christ. No living person could suffer the depths of hell and survive. He would be consumed as if by fire. Only after this life will the wicked understand hell, because their spirits cannot die. Except for the sons of perdition, all suffering in hell occurs before the resurrection and final judgment. Those who suffer in hell are those who take part in the second or final resurrection. If they do not call upon the grace of Christ while they can in this life, they will have to answer to the law of justice in the next. Otherwise, law has no value. If Christ had not been a God, the pain would have consumed him. Though innocent, he subjected himself to the law of justice and suffered for the sins of all mankind so that we would not have to suffer after this life. 
Christ does not want us to suffer what he suffered, nor does he want his suffering to be in vain. He speaks with the voice of thunder only to get our attention. He whispers to calm our fears. His message is always the same. If we repent of our sins in this life, we become subject to the law of mercy. If we do not repent of our sins in this life, we fall under the law of justice. Justice is often referred to as the wrath of God. Mercy is often referred to as the love of God. God uses language that we understand. Hell is the fiery awakening of a sleeping conscience. It is compared to fire only because through such metaphor can we understand how excruciating a burning conscience can be. Imagine standing in the presence of a just God with a full knowledge of all your guilt. When those who do not repent in this life are required to suffer for their own sins, they will be immortal spirits. They will wish for death, but will not be able to find it. Christ issues the following warning. Mark 9, 42-44 And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and he were cast into the sea, and if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Those who do repent in this life and strive to keep the commandments will be in paradise and will never have to suffer the wrath of God. The wrath of God can be described as the penalty of the law of justice for the unrepentant. The law of justice is, by necessity, fixed. It cannot be altered to accommodate the foibles of man. The mercy of Christ can wash away all sins and remove all guilt. The purpose of the atonement of Christ is to purify us and to cleanse us from all sin so that we can endure the presence of God. Standing in the presence of God with a full knowledge of guilt is the worst kind of hell. The law of mercy is, by necessity, conditional. The conditions cannot be altered, of course, because of the law of justice but we may choose which conditions we will obey, thus preserving our agency. Once the conditions are chosen, however, we become subject to the consequences of law. The conditions are attributes of the love of God because Christ had to suffer in Gethsemane and had to die on the cross to propitiate for our sins and bring about our resurrection. The consequences are attributes of the wrath of God because God, though he can give us freedom, cannot give us a free pass. We must meet the conditions, or the atonement would be meaningless. Agency would be sabotaged. Law would have no power, and all would be for nothing. If God were arbitrary on any point, it would negate the entire plan of eternal progression, and God would cease to be God. Because of the atonement, we do not have to suffer for anyone else's sins but our own. And even those are forgiven if we call upon Christ and meet his conditions as stated in the Holy Bible. Christ is the final judge of all mankind, but we will have a full knowledge of the justice of God and will have to confess that we were responsible for our own decisions, and God's ways are always just. What is referred to as the wrath of God is really the inexorable effects of the law of justice, which under all circumstances must be satisfied, or everything would dissolve in chaos. What is referred to as the mercy of God is the atoning sacrifice of our Savior Jesus Christ. He died for our sins so that, if we choose, we don't have to fall under the law of justice. For those who repent and follow Christ, the law of mercy overpowers the law of justice and satisfies all of its conditions. 
It adds great meaning to Christianity's favorite scripture, which for emphasis, let us repeat here. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.